Thanks for tuning in to the Brooks Free Library podcast. My name is Emily Milan. I'm the assistant director here at Brooks, and I'll be hosting the Know Your Town series. The Know Your Town podcast series is a cooperative effort of the Brooks Free Library and the Town of Harwich Voter Information Committee. We invited the heads of each town department to join us to answer some questions about operations, how COVID impacted their workflow, budget questions, and just general information that would be helpful for the public to know. So grab your coffee and settle in. We'll be back in just a moment with today's guest. Welcome back, podcast listeners. Today, I'm joined by the Council on Aging Director, Emily Mitchell. Thanks for joining me today, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about this. I'm excited too. So I want to start us off by giving you an opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your history with the department and um, anything you want to share. Wonderful. Um, So I am a Harwich native born and raised. Um, My first experience working for the town was actually working for the community center. So I worked behind the front desk there um, both during college when I was on breaks and home and then for a couple of years after I graduated. And I was very excited when this opportunity became available at the Council on Aging. I've now been here, um, it's hard to believe, for about two and a half years. And it was a really smooth transition. Um, I was already very familiar with a lot of COA programs, with a lot of the residents and participants, both for community center activities and for COA activities, and just had a really good kind of unique intentional intergenerational space. Um, So I've been so grateful to have this opportunity. Um, I was reflecting as I was getting ready for this podcast that it's hard to believe that about half of my time has been during a pandemic. Um, So it's been quite a learning and growing experience and I'm just looking forward to continuing to serve the town in in all different types of circumstances. Well, thank you, Emily. I know they're really excited to have you in that position. Um, You mentioned the pandemic, and that leads us into our first question, which is to talk a little bit about your department's role in the community, and specifically, what are some of the challenges you faced during the pandemic? Absolutely. Um, So our mission is pretty simple. It's to support and advocate for older adults, their families, and caregivers. So in ordinary circumstances, that's largely an on-site model. Um, We do a lot of on-site programming to support fitness and recreation, overall health and wellness, to provide educational opportunities, um, skill development, socialization, entertainment. We have um, a daily on-site meal program. We provide transportation on our Cranberry Coach van. And then we also have professional outreach services so we can help with things like benefits applications, connecting to other Um, in-home agencies to provide higher levels of support, um, just kind of a network of aging services, um, some sort of interim short-term case management. We also have a town nurse on staff, so she does things like professional um, health assessments, medication management, referrals to providers, and health education. So that's sort of our normal um, operations, and then Uh, The pandemic forced us to overhaul everything. We couldn't provide things through an on-site model anymore. So we tried to quickly, um, back about a year ago, adapt and transition to a community-based model and sort of reprioritized what types of services we were offering. 
Um, so we couldn't, you know, do a lot of programming. So we devoted more time and resources to services that meet kind of those highest needs in the community. Um, so we, we focused on a meal distribution program. So we've had a no contact meal distribution program running since March of 2020. Um, that is has tripled relative to our on-site meal program. So we know we're reaching and serving a lot of folks through that. Our transportation services have been in high demand as other transportation options uh, were less available. So we've expanded the number and type of locations that we've, we're traveling to and trying to get people, you know, to their grocery stores and pharmacies, medical appointments, banks, the post office, you know, the places you still have to go even during a pandemic. Um, so those were big focuses. And then we, we put a lot of work into providing other models for uh, support and getting people groceries and medications if they weren't uh, feeling safe or able to leave their home. So we, we've prioritized a lot of those types of services. And now we're working on bringing some of the more fun things back in a modified format. So we've done some really interesting in-home activities. We've given out indoor gardening kits, activity kits, uh, fitness equipment for people who wanted equipment to follow along with remote exercise classes. Um, those types of things. And now we're really expanding our different remote programming opportunities as well. We've partnered with the other councils on aging on Cape and are providing remote classes one time and ongoing uh, that are open to seniors from all Cape towns, which is a really exciting collaborative. I think we have about 30 programs available to Harwich folks throughout March and April. So it's growing and, and meeting a lot of different interests. And we're very excited about that. That all sounds wonderful. And um, you mentioned collaborating with the other councils on aging across the Cape, which leads us into our, our next question was really about how your, your department interacts with other departments in town. But you and the other COAs on Cape have really used this as an opportunity to come together and collaborate in an amazing way. So if you could share a little bit more about that and then lead into your interaction with other town departments as well. Most definitely. So um, we have a, a phenomenal network of CAPE COAs. We refer to ourselves as COAST, which stands for Councils on Aging Serving Together. And so we've always, you know, had that professional support and bounced ideas um, and policies and best practices off of each other. But our relationship has grown so much throughout the course of this pandemic as we've, you know, put these different models of service into place and transition to remote programming. Um, one of the benefits is that some of the on-site barriers aren't there anymore. So a Harwich resident could participate in a program taking place in Provincetown because all they have to do is click on the Zoom link. They don't have to travel there. Um, so those different, you know, traveling and funding and access barriers have been removed in a really wonderful way and in a way that I think we all anticipate will continue even as we get back to something um, more normal, whatever that may mean, you know, in the next months and, and years to come. So we're, we're excited that those barriers are coming down and we're creative and collaborative. Um, so it's been, it's been one of the positives of this overall experience for sure. And then, yeah, to segue into how we work with other departments within Harwich, I'd say some of our strongest partnerships or, or most frequent partnerships happen with the other departments in this shared community center space. So we work collaboratively with um, the community center in particular 
for logistical things like reserving rooms and setting up programming and advertising for programming and sharing those types of resources. Um, we have some, again, this is more in ordinary circumstances and something we're looking to get back to, but um, we partner with recreation and the community center to host certain programs like senior volleyball or senior basketball that touch on kind of the core missions of multiple departments. Um, Channel 18 has been so wonderful um, in pandemic and non-pandemic and helping us to get information about our programs and resources out to the public. So those are some of the, you know, the always happening partnerships that we're so thankful for. We also work really closely with the police and fire departments. We frequently rely on police to, to do wellness checks on folks that we're maybe not able to get in touch with or who we're worried about. We have liaison um, officer, Sergeant Amy Walensky, who we work really closely with. Um, and then the same with the fire department. Captain Leanne Smith is our liaison. We work very closely with her. We partner to do things like home safety inspections, um, to promote lockboxes so fire department and police department have access in emergencies. So really it's just a very um, positive and strong relationship with those departments as well. So let me see, I know um, we frequently work with other departments. We invite them in as um, guests and they share information about the work and roles that they serve. We partner with the tax office and assessing office on our senior tax work off program. Um, and we partner a lot with the library too. I know that um, you know that well. Um, I think one of our very big undertakings in the past year was um, advertising and supporting people in completing the 2020 federal census, which is so important to our funding um, as a town. And so, yeah, we work really closely with a lot of people. And then perhaps most recently, we've been working a lot with our health department um, as we address kind of uh, supporting the community during the pandemic, and particularly now with the vaccine rollout process. Um, we're sharing a pretty big role in helping to identify homebound residents who need support, to work with our senior affordable housing um, complexes to support vaccine access there, and then to just support our residents in getting vaccines um, at other local and regional clinics as well. So you've given us a nice overview of all of the different tasks, responsibilities, and roles that you have as COA director and the collaborate, collaborations with other town departments that help you accomplish those. Can you tell me a little bit about the financial piece of that and um, your budget and, and resources that you use to accomplish your tasks? Absolutely. So we do rely on a number of funding sources, but Far and away, our largest support is our town appropriated budget. Um, for fiscal year 21, the current year, and our proposed budget for fiscal year 2022, our total budget is right around $475,000. Um, and the vast majority, you know, 82, 83% of that is salary and wages. And I think um, perhaps folks don't know the, the range of staff positions that we have. So we have our office staff, so you know myself, our social services coordinator, our executive assistant. Um, we have a town nurse. We have a dedicated town chef. That's how we provide our meal program. And then we also have a number of part-time van drivers, and that's how we support our transportation program. So we have staff providing such a, a breadth of services, and that is the majority of our budget. In terms of our you know, expenditure side budget, 
The biggest portion is our food costs. Again, that's to support our, our meal program, both during ordinary and pandemic operations. That's really our biggest cost driver. Um, some other kind of notable expenses. Postage, we send out a bi-monthly newsletter to about 2,000 residents. Um, so that ends up adding up to a, a pretty big part of our budget, but we find it to be so important. Um, we hear over and over that that is the best way for our residents to learn about our services, particularly if they're not online, um, or maybe they don't watch Channel 18 as frequently or don't catch the updates when they're watching. So we, we rely heavily on that newsletter and are happy to absorb that cost so that it's accessible for everyone. Um, fuel costs for our transportation is another kind of one that people don't think about as much. And then another big driver um, for folks who don't know, there is a social day program in the town of Orleans, and that's for folks who have Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia. So where we don't have a comparable program in Harwich, we partner with Orleans and we subsidize the cost for Harwich residents to attend. So that's probably the other biggest driver in our budget. And then we have kind of the standard staff and volunteer training and office supplies, um, travel costs for our social services coordinator and town nurse to do home visits. Um, and then the other drivers are for when we recruit vendors um, to, to teach classes or to advertise our programming. And I think that covers most of it. We do also receive an annual grant from the state, from the Executive Office of Elder Affairs that helps cover the cost of one of our staff positions um, and then some other kind of one-time costs. And then we rely on some smaller program specific grants um, as well that are, are very targeted to whatever program we propose and, and organize. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention our um, affiliated friends of the Harwich Council on Aging nonprofit. So they're a separate entity from us entirely, but they do provide financial support uh, both to the Department for Unexpected Costs and directly to seniors in need. So they've been a, they're a wonderful resource for us and I, I wouldn't wanna leave them out of this discussion. No, they are a fantastic resource. And that's actually a great lead into the final question, which is what are some of the ways that um, residents and community, me community members can be involved? And the Friends Group would be a great example of that. And the second part of that question is how can people stay informed, which I think you've mentioned to the newsletter already as one opportunity. Um, so tell us a little bit more about how community members can be involved or assist the Council on Aging in meeting their mission and ways that they can stay informed about all of these wonderful programs you're doing. I am so, so thankful that you asked this question. It gives me the opportunity to express my gratitude for our, our many, many volunteers. Um, we work with about 100 different volunteers who do the work of three full-time staff members. And they do provide services anywhere from um, providing reception area coverage, friendly visiting, which we're doing in a remote format now where folks kind of build a more intentional and ongoing relationship with a local older adult. Um, they provide tax assistance, health insurance counseling, Right now, we rely on volunteers to distribute the meals as part of our lunch program. In ordinary circumstances, they help in the kitchen, preparing the meals and serving them on site. So really, there's no shortage of different volunteer opportunities, and we're always looking to bring more folks on. And because volunteers serve so many different capacities, we're frequently able to match people who have specific interests or specific skills with work that they'd like to do. 
So if folks are interested in volunteering, we always encourage them to reach out. We're confident we could find a good fit. Um, it could be short term, long term, a decent number of hours a week, or just one or two. So there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, we do have a Council on Aging Board of Directors as a town board. We do have one vacancy right now, though that may end up being filled with someone in an alternate position. But folks, we love them to, to call into board meetings, to give their feedback and ideas. Um, and if they have interest in becoming a board member, now would be a great time to explore that. Um, so I think those are some of the ways that folks can get involved. And then, of course, like you mentioned, the newsletter is probably the very best way to, to learn more about what we're doing and what things are changing and how they're evolving. Um, we do try very hard to give frequent updates on Channel 18 about new programs. Um, and then I have to con confess that our website is a work in progress, but we hope that in the coming weeks and months that that will be a better resource um, that's more frequently updated that folks can also check for, for updates on operations. Fantastic. I'll make sure that I put a link to all of those options in the show notes so that our listeners can access those easily after listening to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining me today, Emily. I really appreciate your time. And it was fantastic to learn about all of the wonderful things that are going on over at the Council on Aging and how you have adapted over the last year um, to, as you say, take those services and opportunities out into the community when you weren't able to have them on site. So thank you for all of those efforts. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. I appreciate it immensely. Thanks for listening to this segment of the Know Your Town series. We hope you enjoyed it and learned a little something new in the process. Visit the links in the show notes for more information on the resources discussed in each episode and to sign up for alerts via the Civic Ready Alert system. If you're considering joining a town board or committee, we hope you'll visit the Voter Information Committee page on the Town of Harwich website where you'll find a list of current vacancies and information on how to apply. Thanks for listening and take care everyone.